Okay, guys, your blog on your website cannot be just about public relations. Right. That pat yourself on the back mentality gets old and people see through it right away. But if you give me information that I can use that's helpful, I will remember that and I will come back and look for more or I will give you a call when I need to do something. Welcome to the Speak Podcast. I'm Evan Troxell. Each episode, Neil Pan, Cormac Phelan, and I have a casual conversation about all things architecture, and we invite you to listen in as we talk about everything in the profession, both the good and the bad. Maybe you're considering a career in architecture, you're still in school, or you've been around the blocks of Corbusier's City of Tomorrow more times than you'd like to admit. Join us in the studio as we stand around the water cooler and talk about why we love our chosen profession. It's time for some Arcaspeak. Welcome to episode 42 of the Arcaspeak podcast. I'm Neil Pan. I'm Evan Troxell. And I'm Cormac Phelan. And first up, we'll get to friends of the show. This week we had a donation from John Harvey of 10 bucks, and John is in Charlotte, North Carolina. And thank you, John, very much for becoming a friend of the show. And if you want to become a friend of the show, you can also donate to the Arcaspeak podcast, and all of the donations go toward all of the operating costs for the podcast, What all the stuff that it takes to, to get it out to you guys every couple of weeks. So you can do that at arcaspeakpodcast.com slash donate and anything over $5 will read your name on the show and our sincere thanks to all of our friends. So that's it for this week for new friends of the show. And uh, Evan, we have an update on our ALS challenge, right? Yeah. So a couple weeks ago, uh, Mark LePage at Entrepreneur Architect uh, called the Arcaspeak podcast out along with a couple of other of our Twitter friends. And so the three of us did all of our own videos, and we published those to our Facebook page, which you can go check out. Uh, We'll have a link to that in our show notes for the episode. Um, And what we did last week, I guess, Cormac, this was your brainchild. You, uh, You challenged everybody. Why don't you tell everybody what the challenge was? So the challenge was is that the people that we called out um, and also anybody who wanted to, uh, make a donation to the friends of the show, we would take all of those, um, typical donations that would go for overhead and use those as part of our donation, uh, along with our donation and send all of that off to the, uh, ALS. And, uh, we did pretty well. Yeah. So thanks to a couple people here, we, uh, we're going to be donating $700 toward ALS and we had a donation from Mark LePage who said, thanks for playing along and for our generous contribution to ALS. Well done, guys. So thank you, Mark. We really appreciate it. And we also really appreciate you calling us out because I know that uh, this has just been something that's been great to participate in. Absolutely. And we've had a couple of really good conversations on Twitter with people who um, have been affected you know, within their family by ALS. And, and so I really do feel like this has been a a great cause and it has been something that obviously has been catching on like wildfire around the internet. Um, and then the other contribution, we got a hefty contribution from Jonathan Hines and, uh, he said it was actually for comic books and ALS research only. Um, and we're obviously going to donate it all to ALS because that this was an amazing donation. Jonathan Hines from Calgary up in Alberta, Canada, and so thank you very much, Jonathan and Mark, for your very uh, huge donations. It was a, It's a big deal, and so we really appreciate it. And then the Arcaspeak podcast is, of course, donating on top of that. So 700 bucks towards ALS. Good job, everybody. We, we appreciate you uh, going through Arcaspeak to do that. And uh, so, so obviously we will write your names in there as well. And uh, I think that it's going to really help out. So thanks. Yeah, no, thank you. Thank you to everybody who donated and and for really raising awareness. It's really important. And uh, before we get to our topic uh, tonight, actually, one one more announcement, a little business here. Um, 
we, I should say uh, I, actually will be attending the uh, Missing 32% Project, Equity by Design, which takes place on October 18th, uh, so just uh, next month um, in San Francisco. So if you are uh, near the Bay Area or not and plan on attending, this is going to be uh, a really great event. And we'll we'll talk more about it uh, as it gets a little bit closer. But we are indeed a sponsor for this event and are looking forward to uh, meeting any of our listeners there. And we will be doing some interviews and a show about the uh, actual um, Equity by Design Symposium uh, after it airs or after it ha- actually happens. So, uh, so we're really looking forward to being a part of this. It's, it's an important project. And, um, like I said, we'll, we'll get a little more into details as it gets a little bit closer, but if anybody's interested in signing up to attend the event, uh, there'll be a link in our show notes for that and, uh, do so soon because I think they're about two thirds to three quarters of the way full. Um, so if you're uh, hearing this now, um, go check out the website at themissing32percent.com and uh, check for the Equity by Design 10-18-14 link at the top of the page uh, and, and go sign up now. So We'll have a link to that in the show notes as well, but it's themissing 32 percent all spelled out, dot yes. com. Uh, except for the 32, 32. part. <laughs> <laughs> com and uh some some friends of the show there we've got rosa shang who's heading that whole thing up and um it's a it's going to be a, a really cool thing and i'm really looking forward to having the conversations that, that are upcoming on this so uh again if any of our listeners are going to be going um it's not strictly a female event obviously i mean they're letting neil in so um definitely uh if, no if comments, you're interested comic. <laughs> if you're interested in the whole equity by design uh, symposium, go check out the website and definitely uh, go there and, and say hi to Neil. And uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts on it as well. So tonight, uh, we were going to start off our conversation tonight talking uh, at least one topic here I wanted to touch on a little bit is architects and their websites. And, and so I kind of wanted to ask you guys a little bit about, you know, what what should an architect's website be? And that that could probably range from, you know, a number of different things, depending on the type of firm, you know, I'm sure the firms you work for, uh, being larger firms, uh, you know, do, doing schoolwork and, and other types of larger projects, uh, is probably going to be the requirements for that sort of website might be a little bit different than say, uh, the website for, you know, a sole pr- practitioner or a smaller office, maybe focusing on, um, you know, single family residentials type projects. So, um, anyway, I just, you know, what sort of things should be on an architect's website? I mean, the first thing I'll, I'm going to throw out there is first off, you should have one, uh, architects have generally been kind of slow to adopt new technologies, uh, like this and being on the web. And, and I know a number of architects that are sole practitioners, uh, near me that don't have websites. And, you know, they're, they're, they're doing fine without them, I assume. Um, but, but I still think that, you know, having a presence, I, I know I get a number of referrals and people, um, you know, coming to me from my own website, um, which, you know, I, I, I won't say is probably the best shining example of what, uh, an architect's website should be, but, you know, I'm working on it. And, but I mean, um, the, the other thing. I was going to throw out there is not only do you, you should have one, but don't use flash. <laughs> a lot of firms I know it's, it's probably less and less, but, uh, I still come across some architects. I go to their websites and it's like flash and I'm on my iPad or my iPhone and it, it just doesn't work. That's like, all right. And there's you, no alternative and there's I mean, no alternative. The yeah. Problem. If yeah. there's no right. alternative and, and a lot of, a lot of people, I know, I know a firm, um, that, you know, for a while that they didn't have an alternative because, you know, they paid to have the website done and it was a lot of money to, you know, pay somebody to update it. And so it was all flash based yeah. and there was no alternative. And it's like, oh, man, you, you fail right off the bat. Somebody wants to see your work or find out about you and they can't. Well, it was because early on the fancy, pretty 
you know, moving images and everything. It was easier, quicker, and whatever. Well, and flash. It was sexy, and, is what it was. Oh yeah, yeah. Right? It was it was pure eye candy. Well, um, that's a question I wanted to ask you guys. What I mean should should an uh, should a, should an architect's website be eye candy, or if well, so, how much of that should be eye candy? Who is the another, website for? Is well, the question was, I really wanted I was, to ask. That was what I was going to because we've. In our office, we've been trying to revamp our web page, and we just did a recent update. And um, how many architects does it take to, to, to redesign well, a website? Well, you know, <laughs> uh, I don't even, yeah, there's yeah. a joke in there. It's not even, <laughs> yeah, let's not even go there. But um, one of the things Too that painful. we had a conversation about is because you know, there's the there's the one train of thought that the website is the modern day business card, you know, just go to my website and you'll find out anything that you need to know about me. You'll find out examples of my work and things like that. And that's one side of it. It should be a strong side because you know, you are using this as a marketing tool, but the question we had in the office was, or the question that I raised was who is this website Who's the audience? For? Yeah. Who is the audience? Is it, you know, and, and they were like, well, you know, I mean, we've got our, you know, our clients and, you know, if, if our clients want to learn a little bit more about us, I'm like, well, but that's not, that really, sh to me, and, and let me throw out my opinion here, is that it's not for the clients we have, it's for the people we want. You know, our clients already know who we are. I mean, they hire us because of who we are. And the work that we give them and, you know, the, the service that we give them. But so they're going to come back to us. They already know us. If they want to know more or if they want to say, you know, hey, go check out, you know, these architects because they've got some pretty pictures of a project that, you know, our project, then sure, they can, you know, our clients, our existing clients can use those. But this is a calling card to, this is an introductory card, right? You know, this is our well, this introduction. probably is, yeah, the first impression. <clears throat> you know, and um, I think there was some chatter on Twitter, um, and I, I chimed in ever so quickly, but, and they were talking about websites and that um, somebody had gotten, and I can't remember, it was, it was somebody we talked to all the time, and for some reason I'm just drawing a blank, but um, they were like, well, I just got a project because my website didn't suck. Yeah. And, and that was, you know, that was, do you guys remember that? And, no, but, no, I've heard anyway, similar was, things though. But it was, you know, so the, it was, so you lay out all of these architects, you know, and you're like, okay, these are the guys in the area. Here's Neil Pan. Here's Evan Troxel. Here's Cormac Phelan. I'm going to go with Neil Pan because his website didn't suck. His, yeah. It didn't <laughs> suck. You know, uh, you know, Evans was too, you know, wordy, likes to talk a lot. Cormac scared me. <laughs> Cormac's had zombies on it. Zombies. Exactly. Yeah, pictures of zombies. I didn't find anything architecturally related. Right. But if it's a, any, you know, if it's any indication about what's going on in his head, I don't want anything to do with it. <laughs> well, but, I, I think that there are... There definitely are firms that don't need websites because they they probably get all their work word of mouth. Well, but and, and I'm just really... saying you don't you don't need it. It's it's never gonna. I don't think it's gonna hurt you unless, of course, it's done by your your uh, your cousin's 14 year old nephew or something that you know where where it wasn't well done. It wasn't done by an expert, um, but it it. Not everybody has to have one. I know people with with small firms who they they just don't, or maybe all they have is a Facebook page, and, and that works right. for them, or a house page, right? Something like that, um, where you can use somebody else's platform to publish your stuff onto. I don't necessarily fall under that category, but I, I just know that that works for some people. Um, but I think there's also other categories we don't want to dismiss here, which would be people looking for work should have websites people looking to work at firms in architecture should have websites Be, i i was looking at some job description the other day and it, it was basically mandated you have to have an online portfolio mm. 
for them to even consider you. Interesting. interesting. And the other, the other people getting back to your audience thing, maybe we steer back to that is it's not, and it's not even just clients. It is potential hires who should be your audience as well. Exactly. Because, you know, um, we've, we've had several people, uh, that we've been interviewing recently and, um, a lot of them bring up, you know, work that they've uh, seen on our website and, you know, want to talk about that because it, it kind of gives them the, you know, it gives them it, some kind of a flavor of what you're about, of, of, right? of, way, of what you're getting into, you know? Yeah. Exactly. Well, so, do, so does does this yeah. particular firm's you know uh, do they mesh with what I believe in or you know you know because if you're if you're like you know some kid coming out of school you're sustainably minded you want to you know pursue green green architecture or you want to pursue educational architecture and stuff and that's a good way to be able to find out and gauge if a firm that you're going to interview with or want to send a resume off to meshes with your ideas. Right. So, so if we've established that the audience for your website needs to be your potential or future clients and, well, you to, or you have to determine what your audience is oh, well, and yeah. you build it for that audience. Okay, but I think I'm just no, saying, we were, through we our conversation, really... we've identified a couple of potential yeah. audience members sure. that right. for we your, really for your site. Fine. No, I realize that, but I mean, I think I think we've hit on probably the two most popular people for the majority Correct. of architects out there. Um, those are those are going to be your audience, and and first off, that audience is likely not other architects, although it could be, I suppose. But um, well, you, but I mean, I I think most people make that mistake. I, I agree, and I, usually absolutely. it becomes a portfolio for other architects to look at. Oh, it it purely is. It it's our way of creating our own architectural record yeah you know right. look at me right. look at all my pretty pictures and everything and you know ooh, look i'm prettier than you are kind of thing you know and 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 that's what you know that's what we were discussing in the office is you know ooh, we need to get pictures of this 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 and this and i'm like see and this is where we're gonna go wrong on our website we're trying to market the, everything that you're talking about is marketing towards architects and not marketing towards potential clients. Yeah, I think right. if you if you want to attract clients, you've got to tell them what you believe, you've got to tell them what you do, and you've got to tell stories of other successful projects that clients yeah. who got yeah. involved in that they could see themselves becoming part of one of those stories. And exactly. I don't want to say you are a storyteller, but you are an architect who involves your clients into the participation of the project and the right. process and people can identify with wanting to go through that with, with you. And if you can figure out ways to tell those types of stories of successes, um, people will gravitate toward that because they're going to want to be part of a success, right? You are changing their, their entity, their endeavor, and you can make it better through the, through the process. So who wouldn't want to be a part of that? Right. Well, let, so, right. So let me ask you just quickly. So if you want to, what about recommendations? Do you think that's a good idea to, you know, if you had a successful project and just, you know, putting a quote or something like that by a client Why to, not? on there? Why not? Yeah. Uh, testimonials, I think, can test- be very yeah. powerful. Yeah. Oh, ab- absolutely. Um, I mean, but it, don't it's... even, don't even just type it out. Like, like record them, have, do it in video, do something where you can actually see them say it mm-hmm. so that. It's not just something that you edited to make it sound better, right? But it's actually from their own lips, right? You get to see that client talking about the project. You, everybody carries around a video camera in their pocket nowadays. You could totally do this very right. easily. So what other, if that, if this is your audience, we like I said, the, those two different, uh, you know, potential clients, potential people that want to work for you, if those are your main um, people you're trying to speak to with your website, um, other than maybe some testimonials, which we just mentioned, but, um, you know, what other sorts of things should you have on that website? I mean, does a page telling them about what your service, what maybe services you provide? Um, well, I know that there's you know, been some talk lately about, um, and I know Enoch Sears over at business of architecture does a lot of coaching on, on what a successful architect's website is and his 
his stuff is very in depth. Um, but he, it's really about marketing and getting the clients you want. I've actually seen people recently talking about, um, just posting their pricing right on their website. Mm. So if you're a small residential firm and you're, you're, you know, that there's competition in your area, you know, they'll, they'll, Set the expectation right up front. Right. I thought that was interesting. I don't know. What do you guys think? I don't know. That's a, to me, that's a slippery slope. I mean, because <laughs> it just. The interesting know. thing about the web is it is very easy to edit, right? And so you oh, can yeah. actually experiment. You can try things. It's nothing's permanent there, right? Yeah, but, you know, you know you're throwing out your pricing and stuff. And, you know, if you're doing that solely because you know that there's other architects out there that are your direct competition and they may or may not be doing that, you know. Well, how many people call up an architect expecting a drafting service? And then when you tell them your real price because you're actually offering real services that are requiring a lot of thought and effort. And and you tell and them your price and they freak out, right? Because and it, you just wasted all that time, right? Because they weren't going to hire you to begin with. Happens to me all the time. And I was going to say, you know, I mean, it's a little bit different. It's it's different, you know. Like say, let's just take the three of us. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, you and I, Evan, work in larger firms that do, you know, civic, uh, public schools, things like that. Which you know we have, you know, pretty much standard set rates that almost everybody else that are going to be doing that same project will have set because it probably in our case i know it comes you know from kind of like the the standard um fee rates from the aia uh so i mean we're pretty much all on a level playing field you know but if we were if we were a direct competition with neil um you know doing more residential work and stuff uh, you know, I mean, even though there's kind of like a baseline that could be set, you know, Neil publishes, you know, well, you know, I will charge X amount of dollars per hour. I'm going to click on Neil, Neil's website and I'm going to say, hmm, really, is that what he does? So when that client calls me, well, I just saw Neil's going to do this for $15 an hour. I'm like, well, I'll do it for 14 <laughs> Right. <laughs> oh, you yeah, absolutely. I mean, so that, that's why I was just like, you know, it's kind of a... You know, it's it's almost odd to do that because you're you're almost. I mean, because obviously we all know that fees are negotiable, and we don't want to give. But they away. find out they find out your fees anyway. They find out your rates anyway, and they still shop them around. Well, and yeah. And, and, if and, if it is purely a a price um, competition, then you know, race to the bottom all you want, right? I was going to say because you know, uh, Enoch and Mark right now are like rolling around like. You guys, you need to bring it in. You don't talk about giving it away. But I mean, <laughs> <Right. laughs> but, uh, but you know, I, I mean, it doesn't it almost seem like if you're going to publish your fees online, that what you're essentially doing is opening it up for the next guy to undercut you. And then the next guy to undercut him. I don't know, man, because it it really depends. Again, I think then this links directly into those testimonials for the people that you do work with. You know, my wife has a cleaning business and and the Yelp reviews are five stars and people rave about and she is the most expensive cleaning business in the city. And it's because they do the best job. And so when you start talking about value instead of price, right? Correct. That is where the the difference well, happens. Well, see, that's why I think that rather than putting prices, you put the value, of, you know, of these testimonials of what you can bring to the project so that when they're looking at, well, why should we hire Evan or why should we hire Neil? It's not based off of price. It's based off of quality of service. Okay, so this is this plays into what what I was going to add to the conversation with what you put on your website mm-hmm. is you know, I I like to use the chef um analogy where mm-hmm. you watch the food network or even when the food network was just getting started um or you know, there's always been, you know, Julie Child and all all these different chefs 
they give away their recipes for free, right? On these television shows, you watch it, you watch them make it. You get to see exactly, you know, the timing of how this works. And I still haven't figured out how they put the one in the oven and the other one comes right out. But <laughs> but Magic. the chef analogy works really well. They're not afraid to give these away because they know that someone's still going to buy their cookbook. Right. Or they're going to buy their pots and pans because they, they want to be you want to be like them. You want to be as good as they are in the kitchen. Right. And so you start to think like mentally, how can I be like them? Well, maybe if I, if I buy this or if I buy their cookbook, they're not relying on hoarding all that information. And there, and if you look at, you know, America McKeel, she's been on the podcast before and she has a, a great, uh, service that she offers on her website, which is these blog entries that actually help people and help expose ideas to potential clients. I mean, there is the audience for her is potential or existing clients. Hey, have you thought about, you know, the five coolest outdoor fireplaces, right? Here they are. These are the ones that I think are the five coolest outdoor fireplaces. And so automatically someone says, Hey, I really like those five outdoor fireplaces. In fact, I like this one the best. I remember that I got that from America. Right, right. And so she's offering information. She's offering things out that is useful for people. And it doesn't have to do with architecture all the time. It has to do with things that link up with architecture. It has to do with lifestyle and the living environment, whether it's indoor, outdoor, whatever it is. But... Okay, guys, your blog on your website cannot be just about public relations. Right. That pat yourself on the back mentality gets old and people see through it right away. It doesn't affect me personally. But if you give me information that I can use that's helpful, I will remember that and I will come back and look for more or I will give you a call when I need to do something. I think it's super important and a lot of architects First of all, you have to find the time to blog. It is not easy. It takes a lot of work. You have to put all that stuff together. You have to format it. You have to write it. You got to get images that support it. And it's work. But that work is going to pay off. That first client that signs up is going to take care of five right. or ten blog posts. You know, all right. the time that you spent doing that. So let me so let me take this. I want to zoom back out to the to the larger level here just for a moment and talk about certain things about your website. So let me give you an example. Um, one of the things that really annoys me when I go to most any websites, right? But the, the ones that will automatically kind of reformat as you go, or you click a link and something pops, so you give maybe a popover or something that kind of just displays in front of the page. And then, you know, as you're scrolling, the, the menu at the top keeps moving down and it's covering things and it's moving around. It's just websites like that just get very annoyed, annoying to, to me. Absolutely. I think that the more complicated or nagging that a website is, it's just, I move along. I'll go somewhere else. I yeah. can find this information. So, you know, there's a lot of really clever, complicated architectural websites out there the way that they display their work with cryptic codes that they they've codified every project into some weird, like they've come up with their own Dewey decimal system on their website. And it's like, how is any kind of person supposed to be able to decipher this and figure this out? And then like what you're talking about, you've got pop-ups sign up for my newsletter, this, that, you know, the, the, like you're saying all this the thing goes black and then there's this, this graphic over the top and you have to dismiss it and it just nags you. Right. And it's like any red tape that you put in the way of someone who's looking for information, you've lost them immediately. Yep. Yeah. That's kind of where I was going with. And, and I say, I would, I'm going to add to that by saying that, um, sometimes these, these pop-ups, they get in the way of when you're using it on a mobile device, you know, and so, and then you can't close it, right? Cause you yeah, can't find I a mean, little, we, yeah. we kind of had a little bit of issue like that with our own website recently, we trying to have people making comments. And I guess there was a, 
um, kind of a, a popover sort of thing that happened even on our own website. And some people were having difficulties with that. So we, we apologize for that. And we're, we're working on trying to, you know, solve that. But, um, I mean, that's very frustrating to me if I'm going to a site and I've got these popovers and, and for instance, I mean, like one of the things that's like from day one, and I'm going to use the iPhone as, as an example here, because it kind of set the, it set the standard for, you know, how these smartphones should work. Um, but one of the, one of the very early design features that Apple did was that if you're on a web page and you kind of double tap on a, you know, a block of text, the, the iPhone will zoom into that text on the web page and you double tap again, it zooms back out. And it's, it's a real nice feature. It's something that I think I I haven't used an Android device myself, but I, I have a feeling that they, they likely work the same way. So, I mean, if, if they don't, some, some, I'm sure our listeners will tell us, but, uh, email Neil. Yeah. Email me. Yeah. No, at, at the Arcuspeak website. So that's fine. Um, <laughs> and, uh, um, but anyway, you know, one of the things I was going through a site today and it was almost frustrating that it was like, okay, well, here's some text. Now it's kind of small on my iPhone uh, or even on an iPad, it would be kind of small to read. So I'm going to double tap on that. That's just my natural, because I've been using this iPhone for how long has it been out now? Seven years. This is what I expect a website to do. And I do it and it doesn't work. Yeah. And it's like, what, what's going on? Okay. Well, I'm going to try and pinch and zoom. Right. I mean, that, that works on all phones, right? I mean, you pinch to zoom into the website so you can see it closely. And when I did that, it's like, this popover like zoomed off to the side because it was set mm-hmm. to like automatically kind of yeah. center itself on the page. But because I zoomed in manually, it zoomed off to the side and I couldn't even actually see the text. I mean, I, all I could see was this little tiny piece of the website because everything reformatted because it thought it was doing what it was supposed to. Anyway, my point is that, you know, experiment with your website on multiple types of devices sideways, you know, holding the iPhone up or your Android device or whatever you're using. Um, and, and make it work with these kind of standard conventions that we've kind of grown up to use when using mobile devices. Yeah. And there's a lot of platforms out there that do a lot of that automatically. I mean, that sounds kind of daunting, right. To have to do all that testing. I mean, either hire a professional to do it or use, use kind of a proven system. Right. right. Exactly. And, and, you know, if you do discover that your site's kind of, you know, kind of a little wonky doing stuff like that, you know, you need to fix it. Um, or you need to find a different platform to get it on because, um, those things get very frustrating. And like Evan said, just a minute ago, you're done, you're lost. I, I give up. It's like, well, like Cormac said that, that guy's website sucks. I'm not even going to call him because yeah. I can't even zoom in to actually see what the hell his phone number is. Well, and just don't hide the information. Just present it, make it very clear and simple and straightforward. And people would really respect that. <laughs> it doesn't have to be six point font. And because that was the one yeah. that looked the best. And, you know, it's it, it, people overthink this stuff. You know, you, if you want to spend your time doing architecture, then then keep it simple. Well, so here's another question then professionally done website or we just have some new interns let's make them do it well i think that kind of probably depends on your budget right i mean if you can Mm -hmm. afford to pay some interns to do that i mean the talent you know some people i mean they first off they're doing this already likely in school so they're they've created like evan said they've created their own website you know, cause they're looking for a job for, to, for themselves. They, you know, so, I mean, if you can afford to do that, do it in house, because well, one of the nice things about doing it in house or maybe doing it that way, if you've got the talent to do that, um, is that when you need to make changes, they can be done. I mean, one of the frustrating yeah. things that I know a firm, uh, that I know, uh, that, you know, we used an outside service. They did it. It was like any time they wanted to add a picture to the website, they had to call this person. This person had, or, you know, this person or company. They had to do it. There was a fee involved, and it was like, look, I just want to add a new picture here. You know, and 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 it got to a point where 
it was so expensive or expensive enough that ah, we're not even going to do it. We'll just leave it alone. It, it's fine the and way it, it is. And then it just stagnates. And then it just stagnates. Exactly. So yeah, I would say I, you've I, got to strategize, you know, what can be affordable solution for you as you, as the website grows and changes over time. I go back and forth on this. I, you know, because there's a lot of turnover in, in architecture. Yeah. And sure. that's problematic when it comes to this kind of stuff. Um, personally, if, if you are not savvy to this kind of stuff, you should determine a budget and it should be healthy. This stuff is not cheap because it is complicated. Um, and there are experts out there who will figure out who your audience is for you. And they are, they're good at this stuff. I mean, they do their research. Um, whereas if you hire, if you have an intern do it all, um, most likely you're going to get a portfolio website, um, which is probably not what you want. Um, so I, I kind of recommend the other way. I, I recommend going with a tried and true firm that maybe you've been referred to by somebody you trust because there's lots of good ones out there and they're not cheap, but you get what you pay for. It's just like architecture. It's just like so many things right you get what you pay for and i really do feel like number one as soon as you enter into a contract situation you're on a timeline you've got to get them information and they've got to turn around and give you a website and you have to like it right so there's a lot of checks and balances when it comes to that thing whereas when you have uh you're kind of at the mercy of somebody who's you know working part-time and those people are just as flaky neil (laughs) well you know, it's also the, you know, what do we do best? We do architecture. We don't want anybody coming in, you know, telling us how to do our job. Well, website design is not our job. Well, I, you know, I feel, again, I've, I'm i a total do-it-yourselfer, right? Well, when it comes to this, may, I've, I've been making think. websites since 1994, mm-hmm. but I don't think it's for everybody. I don't think it's for everybody, but it is something that I want control of because of the thing Neil said. When I want to put something on my website, I want to put it on there. I don't want to be at the mercy of somebody else's schedule. But that's me. I don't. Well, don't and I guess part of my it wasn't really a recommendation, but part of why I kind of not necessarily leaning that way, but just making it as a suggestion. I was thinking smaller. You know, if you're a small sole proprietor or something. Um, you know, there are good tools out there. I mean, we use one Squarespace, um, that you can, I mean, our, our site is on Squarespace. It's a platform. Um, it took some work, a, a lot more work than I probably know because you did it, Evan, but, uh, I mean, you, <laughs> well, you, your own site is in there too. So yes. My own it's site always is on more there work than you think it's going to be. Absolutely. Um, but you can create something that looks halfway decent, relatively evolve over time and it can evolve over time you know because you're on this platform i mean i know when we started uh squarespace for as the as an example here they didn't offer uh you know the the merchantability right and and since then they have so now our donate links you know are generated through squarespace and that's all taken care of internal you know through squarespace now and um you know, so as their platform evolves, you can make changes and evolve your website as, you know, features are added. And so, you know, I'm thinking maybe for this, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, some of our listeners are probably sole proprietors or small firms. And I think in that case, you know, trying to do it yourself is something you could do at least to, you know, maybe get you started to get a feel for what's working for you and maybe what's not working for you so that at least when you do go, uh, if you do decide at some point, okay, I'm going to, I need, you know, somebody professional here to get this done because as Cormac says, we're not web designers. Usually we do architecture and, um, you know, then at least you, you have an idea of what questions to ask and what your needs are. And you can come to it with a little bit more educated, uh, ability, you know, ability or experience to say, this is what I need, because if you have no idea then, you know, you might struggle a little bit more. But I think for firms like what you guys work for, much bigger firms, it makes sense. You know, go hire out, go get some expertise and, you know, do something professional. Yeah. And, and have a budget and have a so, budget. That, so that they yeah. know what they're working toward, because they could tell you, you know, 
your appetite and your budget are at opposite ends of the spectrum, right? Right. It just depends. Uh, they're they're going to have a real good sense of the pulse of what it takes to accomplish what you want um, a lot faster than you trying to figure it out on your own. So just know what you're getting into. It's, it is a lot of work if you're going to attempt to do it yourself. It's yep. a lot. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of research. It's a lot of deconstructing other people's websites, trying to reverse engineer stuff, figure out how they did it. It's, it could be a real pain. Right. I've, I've spent thousands and thousands of hours learning how to code websites, you know, and I don't know if it's worth it, but uh, you're kind of crazy like that. So, you know, that's why we love you. <laughs> Aw. <laughs> no, but it's, it's a huge task. So, uh, you know, go into it with, uh, with some, with some knowledge and some education. Um, and, and I think that helps. So, um, you know, so I think, you know, knowing who your audience, who you want your audience to be, um, you know, knowing what you want to put on, on there to reach that audience. I think we've come up with, you know, a few good suggestions tonight. Do you guys have any other kind of suggestions? What, what, what do you want to Evan, you, or Cormac, you said just a moment ago, your office was doing a new site. So, you know, what, what, what were kind of some of the things that you guys brought up as, these are must haves that we want to put on our site. Or if you feel like disclosing, you know, what are some of the things that they might've done that you might've disagreed with? Well, putting you on the um, spot there. Most, sorry. <laughs> well, most of it was the, um, trying to define one who our audience should be. Should it be marketing to other architects by creating the portfolio page? Cause I mean, sure, um, you know, we're going to want, uh, we, we do want some eye candy in this, in these, um, these websites. Cause you know, we want them to know what, what our abilities are. I mean, we're being hired to create, you know, not just a space, but an aesthetic space of, you know, we'll get into all of that later, but you know, so we do need the eye candy, but then there needs to be more. It's, you know, what is the story? You know, uh, Evan was talking about, we're not really being storytellers here, but we're sort of our, it, it we're trying to be our storyteller. Right. Who are we? Wh you know, what do I want people who want to work with me? What do I want them to know? You know, what will I be able to bring to the table? All of these other things, you know? Um, and then, um, you know, I, I mean, I've got differing opinions, um, than what we've done as, you know, our, our company. I mean, I, I think we're on the right track to be quite honest with you. Um, but I think there needs to be more, um, more of that storytelling of, of who we are and, and what we can bring and what we need, you know, um, why we, why it would be better to work with us over somebody else or, or what you know, makes you, you know, different. Yeah. yeah. What makes us different? Um, you know, in, in how working with us will be, you know, this awesome experience versus, you know. Um, cause you know, you, you always hear everybody always talking about the horror stories of like, well, I worked with this architect. It was just horrible and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, um, you know, you've got to, you've got to just like what we're trying to accomplish with this podcast, we're trying to dispel the myths and the, you know, rumors and whatever's of architects are difficult. Architects are hard to work with. Architects are egomaniacs and all this other stuff. We're trying to. You know, with this podcast, we're trying to dispel those rumors and say that we're just regular people who want to work together with you to give you this space. This yeah, but I also work. think that what's funny about what you just said right there is that architects listen to our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> the audience. Well, it's all... yeah, but well, <laughs> it's true. Well, that, but <laughs> I, I think yeah. I think that's more of like a well, it's just a little camaraderie, commiserate, you know, kind of thing. Is like, ooh, they have the same problems we do you know, kind of thing more right. so than anything else. Well, let me, yeah. let me bring up one other thing and about a website uh, that just, just kind of came to mind. But what about photographs? We've talked about, you know, this, the, uh, the portfolio and what have you, but I, I want to bring up the subject of photographs because I, I and first let, let me start with what 
how I, how I address or how I, maybe I deal with this is that first off, I think that the photographs that you are going to have on your website, cause you're going to have photographs, right? Is your project, you're going to show off sure your projects you and you know, whether it's a portfolio website or informational or, or however you want to focus your website, there's going to be photographs. But I think that for your projects or you're trying to show off your work, it needs to be professional photography. Don't just go out with your iPhone, take a few shots and throw that up on your website. Yeah. Sorry about that. So, but well, let, let me, let me preface that. I'm going to, I was joking because I I totally believe I, I, I'm right there with you. But let me actually, I was using that as an, I just want to say, I wanted to use the photographs as an example of why we should not do our own websites (laughs) (laughs) for the very same reason you're about to make the argument about using professional photographs. So go ahead. Sorry. Well, no, I think, I think you should use professional photographs, but you're not always going to be shooting professional photographs of a project in process uh, or, you know, early on, or, I mean, usually the professional photographs are done after the project's done, it's been furnished, you know, and, and it's all done. It's real pretty. And, you know, it's all staged. It's actually at that, at that perfect moment before they've actually moved in. Yeah. Or maybe people (laughs) have moved in and it's all staged, but, but so, but there's a process. And sometimes we, I like, to show that process. So the way I've kind of handled this, and and I'm not saying this is the only way, the best way, and I'd love to have people comment on our website uh, uh, and for this episode about what they think about this. But, you know, one of the things I've done is I do have a Facebook page for my company. And what I tend to do is when I'm on a job site um, and I'm taking like, you know, in process photos, you know, the, the framing or, you know, the, the demo or something, I'll put those up, just the snapshots, like say maybe up onto Facebook and it may, I may link to them from my site or something, you know, just kind of saying a project in process or something. But, but the idea is that they're not the portfolio shots, you know, for those projects, I put those projects up on a different pedestal, if you will. And then those aren't necessarily like if you go to this project, you know, so maybe there's you know, like work in progress sort of thing you can put on your website. And then maybe it's okay to kind of have the non-professional photos, the snapshots that you might take with your phone, um, you know, just kind of the quickie shots you share on Instagram, you share on Facebook or something like that, that, uh, you know, you can get up there and people can see, but then they're not the real pretty pictures that you're kind of focused on. Hey, here's my projects. Those are like the nice photos. So I'm curious what you guys think about a, you know, what about how professional photography and B, how do you deal with, you know, the projects that are in process? Do you, you, you know, cause we all have posted like Evan, you've posted some really cool stuff of just the renderings you've done, you know, those might not necessarily be featured on your company's website, but they're, you know, progress stuff that you get, you can try and show through maybe Facebook or Instagram or some other yeah. way. Okay. So this, this, a couple things that I would say here is number okay. one, Put anything and everything on your website that shows a passion for what you do. Okay. It could be written word. It could be process photos. It could be scans of sketches. Whatever it is that you can talk about how excited you are to work on these projects, that will come through that stuff. And and that's, I think, very attractive because people want to be part of an exciting story or whatever it is, whatever this thing is that you want to call it, the process, right? Mm-hmm. And I feel, you know, I think some of the most, when I think back to school, some of the most um, successful projects during the final presentations showed the process. It wasn't yeah. just the magazine glossy images on the final boards. It was the entire process. So you could take the jury through it and it works the same way with clients. You want to be able to show like, we got to go through this amazing process to get to this final thing. And here they are living in it for real. Right. And, and they're loving it. Right. So I feel like that you're right. That is the kind of stuff I put on my blog on my Instagram. Um, because that stuff excites me. And if it excites me, like I'm just showing you who I am. And that's really what people want to know is, will they fit with you to go through this 
crazy, huge, expensive process that they've probably never been through before, right? It's a scary thing for them. So the more comfortable they can feel with you as a person, like if they really feel like they're going to mesh with you, um, why not give that information out so that people can actually see it? I think it's a huge thing that the internet has allowed us to publish in so many different ways. And, and so all of these things are available to us. And one of the mistakes that I see a lot of architects do is publish something once in one place and then send it out to all these other avenues. So I, I publish a picture on my website, goes on to Instagram, goes on to Facebook, goes into Pinterest, goes on to Twitter, all at the same time. I am a a big proponent of marketing in the year that we actually live in right now, 2014. Stop marketing the way marketing used to happen. Um, I'm still amazed that there are billboards on the sides of freeways. But if you're going to use Instagram, use it for how it's meant to be used. And if you're going to use Facebook, use that for how it's meant to be used. Figure out how you how and where you should publish something. So when I go to a job site and I'm taking construction photos because I can't believe they're actually building this thing that I designed. It's amazing to walk through it and here it is. I'm going to share that through Instagram because Instagram is images. It is all about sharing images, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like the more avenues we have, we have to be kind of picky to which one we we publish it to and then you've got to be involved in each one of them to some extent. Um, It's not just about your website. Nobody cares about press releases anymore. It's about blogs with real stories in it. On Instagram, it's about having a photo that might have a little story attached to it. On Facebook, it could be something completely different. But they all tell like this bigger, complete story about who you are so people know if they want to work with you or not. That's a good point. I think the same thing goes for prospective uh, employees, too. I mean, you're telling a story, and it's not—it's not just going to get through to prospective clients. It could happen for you know. There's a very digitally savvy workforce out there looking for work, and and they're looking in all these places as well. I mean, there are plenty of architects that I follow on Instagram because they take awesome photographs, you know, yeah. with their yeah. iPhone. So, I I feel like you know. Thank you. If, Anybody, yeah. <laughs> Anybody can do that, you know. It, it's, right. You get to be part of their life for that w- one little moment a day, and it's it's kind of cool way to, to think about it. Cormac, any any thoughts on that? Yeah. <laughs> Drop some wisdom. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. I mean, he's, he's he said it best. I mean, I totally agree with you. It's. You know, you got to look for the right platform and use the the platform the right way. I mean, I don't, I'm not going to try to rephrase anything that he just said because it was, it was spot on. Um, but, you know, I, I will just reiterate that I think that with today's technology, ha- sharing the story of the process and sharing the story of, you know, the journey that the next prospective client will, you know, partake is probably the most valuable thing because rarely, if ever, even when I was, you know, solo and doing residential work, um, did anybody really understand what they were about to get themselves into. And I always sat down and had the frank conversation that understand you're not just going to hire me to, whip up a bunch of drawings and then send you on your merry way. This is a journey that I want to be involved with and help you navigate through so that all of the little pitfalls that I've seen throughout my career, I can help you avoid. Or if you, if we do run into them, we can help navigate them together. We're in this together, you know, and make it easier, you know, help us get out of those stormy waters a little bit quicker kind of thing. And, you know, so being able to tell that story on, you know, on your website or through your blog or through Instagram will really kind of help them, you know, your prospective client know that they're hiring the right person, you know, and those are the things that you need to put in the website. And that is all additional 
work on top of your day job that is hard to do. I mean, (laughs) we know how hard it is to want to sit on the couch after work and gel, right? Or Mm. hang out with some friends after, after work or work late after work, (laughs) whatever it is, there's always an excuse of, of something that you, you want to do this. It is hard work to put this stuff together and to, but again, I think it does pay off um, in a very big way if you're willing to put in what it takes to do it. So yeah, like what does it what does it take to to be a blogger? It takes a lot of effort, is what it takes all the time. You have to put in the work. Well, right. there was you know there were some conversations that uh, a couple of people were having on uh, Google Plus about you know hey we're um, wanting to restart you know a blog and and I'm one of them. I mean I had a blog early on through um, Posturus and it was bought out by Twitter and then Twitter closed it down so you know, my blog went away. Um, not bye by bye. choice, but yeah, bye bye. it wasn't really by choice. It was by, uh, you know, force. Well, yeah, but pay, you know, pay for your, pay for your service and, and they're less likely to go away. <laughs> well, you know, true, but whatever. Um, you always gotta look anyway, for the free, you gotta look for the free lunch. You are now. an architect after all. Um, <laughs> don't you know how much we make? <laughs> no, but you know, the, but it's, you know, um, Anyway, the conversation was going on and, you know, about re reblogging and stuff, you know, and of course they were all very realistic about the fact that, you know, it is hard work to pull all this stuff together because again, you're trying to frame the story, frame the journey, frame the adventure, whatever you want to call it. You know, if you're using this blog as a tool, you know, a marketing tool and not the eye candy, you know, here's the finished stage pictures and stuff, but you know, here's the reason why I'm the right choice to work with you, for you and together to go through all of this. Um, you know, the storytelling, the, the, you know, um, you know, the, the, you know, the photographs, all of that stuff, it's, it's, it's a lot of work. And that's kind of why I, you know, with everything else going on and, you know, work and everything else, I just kind of fell by the wayside. And, Studying um, for your exams, right? And, Those uh, two. and now that, um, you know, <laughs> you guys have started to do like the architalk and stuff like that, you know, I'm like, you know, here's a good opportunity for me to kind of get back into yeah blogging. Um, and uh, I can't remember who posted it on Google Plus, but uh, we'll find that link and, and, you know, get everybody involved. I think it with was, that. wasn't it Matthew? Uh, yes, Mr. yes, Mr. Field, Mr. Yes. Field Nine Architecture. Yeah, yeah. I I uh, think Matt that Stanfield. was, but yeah, like every time I see somebody that I personally know who says, "Oh yeah, I'm going to start blogging again," and I just think, "No, you're not." <laughs> no. Yeah, it's it's you know because it is a lot of work. I think you know, it, it, set up a schedule is all I can recommend. You know, I try I did, to I did one a month. Try to, yeah, for, you know, set up something regular, figure out exactly how it fits into your schedule. That's the only way you're going to be consistent with it. But be consistent is the well, key. You know, like Captain, uh, you know, Captain wants a, at least once a week, if not more, um, life of an architect who, you know, is blogging all the time. You know, I am starting to question how he's actually doing his day job, <laughs> you know? Cause I mean, he's so, he's so good at it and he's doing such a great job and it's a, a well put together, well thought out, you know, um, uh, blogging. It gets, and it's just, the longer you do it, it gets easier. That I think, you know, obviously then you have to start dealing with other problems like correspondence, <laughs> but I think the writing and the stories and the photography, like you, you get into a groove, um, and it does get easier. But you have to be consistent. If you're doing it once every six months, like oh, it's a chore. Then you shouldn't be doing it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and you're probably not adding anything to the to the world, right? You you should still ask yourself, does it deserve to exist? I mean, yeah. as designers, we should be asking ourselves that question before well, we put something out there. So let me at least ask this real quick. And it's in, yes, Neil, it does actually have something to do with the website. Um, because, 
you know, part of that Google Plus conversation was, you know, talking about, you know, checking the um, the visits and the analytics and all this other stuff. And uh, is ignore that crap. I was going to say, is is that really that important? No, nope. um, because you should be right. It, it, it's like it's like going to see a really good unknown band play. Yeah. They're going to play their hearts out if there's five people in the crowd or 500 people in the crowd. It's the same thing. Like, you have to either be all in or don't do it at all. I almost like this podcast, right? Exactly. All in. <laughs> We're here every right. two weeks. That's right. We don't you know, really know. Even how if many there people, are only three of yeah, you. Yeah, there's only a few listeners out there. <laughs> we appreciate every one of you, every three of you. <laughs> Well, some, you know, somebody asked me, well, why do you really do that? I mean, you know, do you really love architecture that much that you have something to say about it? Yes. I, yeah. My wife's <laughs> like, I can't believe you've done 40 something episodes. I'm like, well, if, there's always something to talk about. <laughs> oh yeah. You know, <laughs> and sometimes we determine that right as we start. <laughs> well, and sometimes it doesn't come out well, or you can't cover right. all the points because it's very it's general and it's all, you know, you can only hold people's attention for so long. There's, there's all of these other kind of influences that, that you could think about, but I, I, my recommendation is don't pay attention to that stuff and just right. write just for yourself in the beginning. Do it. I mean, you know, just like me and my artwork, I don't really do it for anybody but myself. I do it for the enjoyment, the fun, and the passion of drawing it. it, it the same thing is, you know, f with my architecture. I do it for the fun of it, the passion of it, the paycheck. I mean, um, sorry, <laughs> <laughs> not the paycheck. <laughs> uh, no, you know, it's 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 a passion. I mean, that's why we do this. You know, it's what right. we love. In closing, I, I first off I want to just say thanks to everybody who does listen and and does comment we've we've gotten a, f a number of comments uh you know usually at every episode now we're getting some comments and I, I it's a lot of fun when i get those those emails that come through saying you know you've got you know comments and to read them uh i we do read them and it's a lot of fun um i know we've got some comments on our last episode uh when we shared some tips about working with consultants and and collaborating and and uh, so I'm real curious. Uh, we, we, there was we a lot of commiserating. Yeah, there was yeah. a little bit of commiserating. But there as was well. also some, uh, hey. <laughs> well, yeah. but I, I think what's great, some of the comments we got back was, you know, uh, I'm trying some of your tips and, I'm, uh, you know, please give us some feedback on, on how some of that's working for you. Because, uh, you know, we're all trying to share ideas. And I think this whole episode was about talking about that you know what about uh you know websites we talked about today but you know i mean it, it we're just trying to share and, and help out the the community at large here with this show yeah and speaking of sharing and helping out the community thank you very much again to the donations that came in for als again we're donating 700 bucks to als because of our listeners and uh so thanks everybody for that absolutely, absolutely. thank you so everyone, thanks for listening and uh, thanks for the feedback on iTunes. Please leave us reviews there. We, we definitely read those too. And uh, that's right. We have one that. more than the Entree Architect. We we need to we broaden need to, the margin. We need yes. more five star iTunes reviews because uh, so so only leave a, re a review if you're happy with the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Great, you just opened the door. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Well, thanks for listening, everyone, and, and uh, stay subscribed, and we'll, we'll see you next time. Good night. Good night. Good night. This is what you get. This is what you get. This is a sketch.